Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Hello, River's Edge. My name is David Merck, pastor of Hillsong Church here in Paris, France. And I'm originally from Montreal, so it's such a privilege for me to be in my hometown, virtually connected right there with you. And so honored to be uh, invited by my friend, Pastor Lorenzo, at such a great church. And you know what? I believe God has, has a word for each and every one of us right now, even me, especially me. <laughs> That we're, especially that we're living through a rather special time in history and a time that allows us to bring things into perspective. A time to ask ourselves questions we've never been confronted with. Because it, I don't know for you, but for me, if I'm, I'm to make it through this, this, this next season, I might as well make it a defining season. So I want to ask you a few questions. I want to take it a step further today. So I want to ask you this, that if all you had left was today, was this day. Because the reality is that none of us have the promise of tomorrow. So what if all you had left was today? If you simply had today, would you, would you maximize your day? W would you do more or would you do less? W would you put aside the things that, that seem important or, 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 or take that and make room for the things that really are important? Or if... If you could start your life over again, fresh start from scratch, would you accomplish more things? Would you do more than what you've done up to now? Would you, would you accomplish more than what you've accomplished so far? Because if we're honest with ourselves, what we, what we do, what we accomplish in life is simply the tip of the iceberg of what's possible for us. What dreams? What ideas, what, what gifts, what potential held back by fear or, or procrastination could make you realize right now that you've never really lived? If you died right now, if you left this earth, what would die with you? Because I don't know about you, but when it comes to me, I refuse to die without really having lived. Knowing that I never even scratched the surface, not even barely even seen the potential that was planned out by God just for me in this world. On the other end, we can all have the best intentions with our lives, but we, we all know that we're, we're not all dealt the same deck of cards when it comes to the game of life, the great game of life. But even with that in mind, if we, if we put that aside, what, what if I told you, Hey, the job that you've got right now, the job that you have right now is the only job that you'll ever have. I don't know what job you have right now. I don't know if you like it, but, but in any case, what would you do with it? How would you deal with it? Or, or, or what if the relationships that you have right now, what if they're friends the, that you have right now are, are the only relationships you'll have this year and the years to come? How would you value 
those relationships? Or simply, what if all that you have right now, all that you've got is all that you're ever going to have? What if you don't get more? What would you do with it? What would you do with what you have in your hands? At the end of the day, everything I just said are all things that makes us reflect on what we don't usually think about. It's obvious. In day-to-day life, these are not questions I ask myself. So so why does it take such extreme situations or, or seasons like we're living in, questions to make us reflect on these things? Could it be that we've fallen asleep? That this is what it takes to wake us up? These, these big questions that, that even with these questions, with this season, we're so busy with the worries of life, the life we're trying to build for ourselves, this, that this is all that just remains, it stops at a thought. So right now, in this moment, this season is a perfect season in our lives to look at not only what God wants to reveal to us, but what God wants to do in us, in our lives. Might this be your last day on earth or, or one of many to come? So I want to invite you. I want to invite you to turn with me in the scriptures. Let's go together in, in Matthew chapter 13, Verse 1 reads, At about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed the congregation, telling stories and parables. And he starts with this. What do you, what do you make of this? A farmer planted seed and As he scattered the seed, some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on the good earth and, and, and produced a harvest beyond the farmer's wildest dreams. Now study this. Think about this. The story of the farmer planting the seed. You see, the seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, who hears the word of God, the voice of God in their lives, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting more, wanting everything under the sun, strangle what was heard. And nothing comes of it. The title of my message today is Time for Revival. Time for revival. Jot it down. I believe it's a message for you today. And I want to pray for you as we go further. I invite you to bow your head, close your eyes with me. Lord God, I, I ask that you intervene today. You speak to us, transform us into the beings that you call us to be for your greater purpose and your glory. It's your name we pray. In your name that we pray, and the church says, amen. Amen. In the passage we just read, we see a parable where Jesus compares the seed as his working word in us and the ground as being me, as being you, as being us. But in this situation, the word produces absolutely nothing. There's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the soil necessarily in the passage. But since the space is already taken up by weeds that occupy every inch of the soil... There isn't any room for the seed to come to life. This is the space where worries, the flow of life, 
all these things in our life end up occupying our minds constantly left and right, that suddenly God's prophetic voice over our lives, God's prophetic, prophetic whisper over our lives, his revelation for our lives becomes such a small seed compared to all the other things that surround us, that get bigger and bigger, that take up more and more space, that become more and more important. There's nowhere left for God to act in our lives. Is there any space available for Jesus in your life? Is there any space left for God in your life or are you too busy? First point of my message today, I invite you to write some notes. Write down what God speaks to you today. First point is time to wake up. Time to wake up. Matthew chapter 9 verse 23 says this, By now they had arrived at the house of the town official. And they pushed their way through the gossips that were looking for a story and, and, and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. And, and Jesus was there. Jesus was abrupt. And he says, he speaks out saying, clear out. This girl isn't dead. She's sleeping. And they told him that he didn't know what he was talking about. But when Jesus had gotten rid of the crowd, he, he went in, he, he, he took the girl's hand and he pulled her to her feet, alive, alive, he says. And the little girl comes to life. When Jesus enters the house, it literally is this young girl's funeral. There's, there's a crowd, there's a reception about to happen. And, and Jesus exclaims, clear out, this girl isn't dead, she's sleeping. And it's funny because the crowd responds with something that sounds absolutely logical. And they say, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But when you look at it, doesn't it sound like those voices that push away the Holy Spirit in our lives, push away the voice of God in our lives? No wonder God doesn't seem to speak in our lives. No wonder doesn't he seem to be at work in our world or even to exist for our world. And here in his passage, we see Jesus presenting himself with a transforming word for the young girl situation. But, but the place, the space is already packed with the crowd, bustling with gossip, bustling with assumption, with arrogance, with, with absolutely total ignorance, probably sadness even, tears, depression, name it. It was there. But despite that, with, with his full authority given by the Father, given by God, Jesus cries out, clear out. I need space to work. You see, your life is so full. Your life is so overloaded, busy, trying to get depression, tears out of your life on your own. But God is saying, I'm trying to get that depression, that, those tears, that defeat, that lack of understanding, sickness in your soul out of your house, but you're too busy. And the following verse says, when Jesus had gotten rid of the crowd, he went in. As soon as the crowd leaves, Jesus comes in, takes the girl by the hand, and she goes from death to life in one instant. It's pretty incredible. One instant in the presence of Jesus. And I know we're in church right now. I know this is a church service and, and that you're expecting to hear things like I'm, 
like this little girl that comes to life, you're expecting to hear things that don't necessarily seem to happen in your life, things that you read in the Bible, but that don't connect with your reality. But you see, not only is the Bible a history book, the whole intention behind this, this history book is that it can also be your story where his words of life want to come to life in your life. I wonder what we're missing when our lives are too busy for that. I wonder what revelation, what miracle, what power I let go by, just drive by because my life was too busy, overloaded, filled with something else. Is there any room for Jesus in your life? Or like this girl, you're sleeping. You're asleep. There's nothing sadder than missing out on life because we're sleeping. When it comes to sleeping, talking about sleeping, talking about falling asleep, I, I, I'm the expert in the field. If you speak with my wife, she'll let you know. When I'm tired, I can fall asleep absolutely anywhere. Name it, I can fall asleep. If I'm tired, I'm dead asleep. And I admit it's a little pathetic. I haven't really graduated from the child to adult stage in that field, in that matter. And I don't know if you've ever seen, like I'm saying, a, a tired child who ends up falling asleep. But I mean, you know what? Well, actually, you know what I mean. Falling asleep absolutely anywhere. You've probably seen it at a restaurant, under the table, on a chair, totally uncomfortable. Doesn't matter. They're sleeping. Worst position ever. And when it's time to leave, impossible to wake them up. The parents have to dress them up, carry them out, accidentally bang their head on the door frame. <laughs> Doesn't even seem to wake them up a tiny bit. Put them in the car, hit the door frame again. They're still sleeping and they carry the child all the way into bed. And the next day it's as if nothing ever happened. The kid has no memory at all of that event. Well, that's still me. 35 years old, and every time we go out, my wife, Ellie, needs to dress me up, carry me, hit on the door frame, bang, probably intentionally. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. It's not at that point, but, but, but seriously. Um, I tend to fall asleep pretty easily. And uh, the, 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 worst, the worst part of it all is, is when I'm driving. I tend to fall asleep at the wheel when I'm driving. Anybody with me on this? Uh, probably. Probably, it's, it's quite common. Um, when I fall asleep behind the wheel, there, there, there's absolutely nothing that I can do to stay awake. I, I've tried it all. I've tried coffee, then Red Bull, tried rolling down the windows, putting on the radio, stopping the car, doing some push-ups outside, doing everything. does not work. I have to absolutely surrender the, the steering wheel to someone else. I have to leave the seat for someone else because it's dangerous for me and for others. And, and I came close several times. And what's crazy is that falling asleep at the wheel might seem trivial, doesn't seem to, you know, it's something we say here and there, but I mean, it's not drinking and driving, but uh, uh, when we look at the stats, according to the SAAQ, each year on average in Quebec, 78 people die 78 and over 8,000 people are injured in accidents related to fatigue while driving you see there's a certain denial that that comes with driving fatigue 
you start falling asleep, you start putting aside that thought and you tell yourself, no, it's okay, I can do this, that we have control of the vehicle. But before we even start feeling it, before we even started feeling it coming, without realizing it, when you look at the science behind it, it says your reaction, you, if, if, if you're going through this, you know what I'm saying, your reaction time increases. Your, your concentration decreases. Your, your, your judgment is distorted. Your, your field of vision reduces and, and you start blacking out. Your, your body's so busy falling asleep that you're becoming a danger to yourself and others. Could it be in this life that, that, that we're so busy with our lives that we don't even look at the one who is life anymore? So preoccupied with the worries of this world, overloaded, overcrowded with everything that comes at us constantly that that when it comes to the prophetic voice of God over our lives when it comes to God's revelation for our lives when it comes to God's plan for our lives his ultimate provision for our lives that our reaction time increases when he's speaking to us we're taking more and more time to react when he speaks to us we can't hear him their concentration decreases when he speaks to us, as judgment is distorted, when the enemy on the other end speaks at us, that slowly we start having blackouts, forgetting all that he's done in the past for us. That it reduces our field of vision when it comes to his vision for us. Is there room for Jesus in your life? Is there room for Jesus? In your life, is there any space left for God in your life, or are you too busy falling asleep? My second and last point, and jot down anything that God's telling you right now, but my second and last point is time to make some room. You can jot that down as well. Time to make some room. It's time. What's important to notice in the script that we read is that while Jesus is on his way to the young girl's house, there's another story going on at the same time. We see a woman who's been suffering from from blood loss for 12 years, suffering, where medicine couldn't help her at all. And we see that woman that knows that Jesus is on his way, but she's unable to get get to Jesus because she's overwhelmed by a crowd. Unable to get to Jesus to have her miracle, to have her cure, because there's too much happening around her there's too many people there's so much happening there's such a crowd that she's crushed by it and she's trying to get to Jesus unable to get his attention so desperate she sneaks in in the crowd literally crawling on the crowd pushing away the crowd to be able to simply touch the edge of his garment as he walks by and the woman suddenly grasps a tiny edge of that garment and immediately she's healed immediately the edge of his garment just the edge of his garment that's something something so small for such a great miracle in that crowd and all that that like, chaos and all the noise just just simply knowing the history of her overwhelming need taking over all of her life that took every inch of her life. She knew that if there was just enough room for the edge of his garment, that she was going to be healed. 
There's too much for her to get to Jesus. There's too many people, too many things around her to get to Jesus, but she realized, hey, there's so much around me. There's so much trying to crush me that it'll take something drastic on my part. It'll take something drastic for me to free myself from the things that are taking control of my life. You see, the only thing the enemy wants to do in your life is to keep you busy, to keep you occupied, so occupied, so busy that you run out of space for revival in your life, so busy that you run out of space, run out of room for a touch of God in your life, for refreshed revelation from him in your life, so busy that you run out of space for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, so caught up in the whirlwind of this world with meaner things, entertainment, success, self-fulfillment, just trying to build all of that around that. I'm not saying these things are wrong. I'm not saying these things are actually bad, but when these things take over our life, when these things crowd over our life, Jesus becomes something so small that the only place he can fit into is an app on your phone or a prayer here and there when things go wrong or mention once in a while when I talk about it with a friend because the rest of your life is full, overloaded, busy with the vain, mundane and fleeting things of this world. But Jesus is telling us, someone needs to make room for me. You're busy with the worries of this life, but I've got something for you. If you simply made room for me, if you, if you simply cleared out the space so that I could get in, in the morning that you prayed, in those instances where, where, where you had time to open up my word so I could actually speak to you through my word, if you made some space for me, if you made some room for me, I'd be so much more than a little seed in your life. If you made room for me every day, I'd give you your daily bread. And you think it could come to me to have certain things in your life, to have, you know, that has certain demands answered in your life. But when you start coming to me, for me, for who I am, there's absolutely no limit to what I can do. You can't even fathom what it is that I can do in and through your life when you come to me, for me, you can't even imagine the awakening, the revival that's about to take place in your life. Is there any room for me in your life? Is there any space for me in your life? So I want to pray for you right now. You see, in Matthew chapter 9, when the girl wakes up, it says, The news was soon out and traveled throughout the region. What God wants to do in your life goes way beyond your own life. It's time for revival in this world. And you know what? It starts with you. So I want to pray for you as we end this. Right where you are, right, right where you're sitting or standing, wherever you are, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for the action of God in your life. And I want to simply ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. And take just a few seconds with me as I pray. Lord God, I just want to pray for this, this individual that's listening right now. You know where that person is in their life. You know what's happening. You know the challenges. 
you know exactly what is taking all the space in that person's life. Lord God, I just want to pray for your intervention. Might it be simply a tiny space, just enough room for a tiny seat or the garment of your robe. Lord God, we pray for intervention right now. And I want to declare a revival in that life, awakening in that life for your glory around them for the rest of your life. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.